Hey, everybody. Once again, thank you for choosing to spend your precious moments with me here at Your Longevity Lifestyle, the podcast where we have real conversations about real ways you can live longer, healthier, and more in flow. Today, we continue our series on the pillars of longevity, where we discuss the essential categories that uphold your longevity lifestyle. And right now, we're going to be diving into possibly my favorite, the mind. You know how great the universe is? It's showing up with the things that you need the most exactly when you need them. I have some things going on in my life that are taking a lot of my mental capacity right now. And so after my morning meditation, I'm sitting at my desk and and I decided to just get back up and take the day off. So I'm in the kitchen and I'm pouring my coffee and the thought that runs through my mind is, but I really want a podcast. And (laughs) if you know anything about my podcast, they come from my blogs. So I write and I post, and so there's there's a lag time between when I actually get around to making my podcasts, and I have to have a certain number of elements right in my household and in my environment in order to podcast, and one of them is I need things to be quiet, um, and right now in my house, things are super quiet because it's very early in the morning, and I have my cup of coffee. And it's just perfect timing. And I used to have this a lot when I would decide to stop writing because writing has always been kind of this push-pull love-hate relationship where I, I love how it feels to write and I love what I've written, but I don't necessarily love the process. Um, and that's kind of how how things how things tend to go in my life i used to have that same love hate relationship with running and both of them have endured past the points where i say i'm never going to do this ever again um so i get to that point with my with my writing a lot and every time i do i walk away from it and that's when the great ideas spark and I can't seem to get away from it. And that's where I've come to, I guess, with my podcast. And so I went back to my computer and and here I am at my computer and I just clicked on the very top, the top offering. And that is the, the blog that I am going to turn into a podcast today. So this blog post is called Possibilities from Problems, and I know now, after reading through it, why I need it so much. Because I said I said there are things happening in my life that have just taken my mental capacity. They're very distressing. Um, just to give you a little bit of a background, I know I talk lots about my sister, and, and quite obviously, she's my hero. And man, sometimes her path is just so hard. She is such a beautiful human. And I have this view, probably a little sister view, that her pathway 
should be sprinkled with rose petals and bordered by flowering trees and and small little singing birds should guide her forward. And that's not at all how her path goes. Sometimes it is, but like most of the time, it's just not. It's the antithesis of that. And and I I guess the fact is when you are a courageous passionate, ambitious person, you don't choose that petal-sprinkled path. You storm off into the jungle and fight the snakes and tigers and alligators because that's what you do and that's where you're called. So right now the dark jungle path that she's on and the tiger that she happens to be fighting is is not just in her world, it's it's actually spilling over into my world. And, and not only do I have this stress of being worried about her, but it's also like completely disrupting the time that we were going to spend together. And, and that, that affects me a lot because I feel so, I feel so, so honored to get to spend time with her because um, as we've gotten older, this is like the the first time since our childhood that we've really spent a lot of time together. So that is very precious to me, just like she's very precious to me. And because I'm at this mentally challenging moment right now, what better time than to call upon all of these these processes that I have that um, that I've put out there and and shared with everybody, and what better time while it's still fresh in my mind um, to to share things with you? So here we go. Um, this blog and podcast was inspired by another podcast from Brene Brown, and I know I talk about her a lot because it's it seems to be my binge listening path for the moment. Um, and on this particular podcast, she was interviewing a man named Sean Jenright, and you might be familiar with his work. He's, um, he lists himself as an author, a professor, and an activist, and he's, he sounds really fabulous. Um, and he was talking about one of his books, and this book is on the four pivots, and one of the pivots, roughly stated, is from problems to possibilities. And the podcast is absolutely fabulous. So I will list it in the in the write-up about which which podcast it is. Um, but it certainly it it left me with so many things to ponder. And I'd like to share some of those with you right here and the process that are that that arose from listening to this um and the process that i get myself out of problems and and looking at possibilities for me the whole concept of taking your eyes off of the problems and putting them on the possibilities is a mindset shift from micro to macro you can Take your problems one by one and find solutions, maybe even fantastic, lasting solutions. Or you can pan out to a vision of the future you would love to see unfold. And and when we talk about future, it's even a future that's 30 minutes away, or it could be 30 years away. It depends on how your mind works. But when you do this, panning out 
to get a larger perspective gives you this this big view and for me it gives me a lighter feel in my heart but shifting from problems to possibilities has another beautiful aspect that relates to all of the writing that i have done um around the wisdom that my dad shared with us during his lifetime. Like I have this whole section on my blog about um, everything that that dad used to live by. And I think for an entire year, I wrote just on all of the little bits of pieces of paper that I found around the house and all of his notes. Um, really more to bring him back to life, I think, than anything else. Um But dad was all about energy and shifting from problems to possibilities is definitely an energetic thing. When you're looking at problems, they're usually pretty negative. On the flip side, possibilities are usually positive. So mindset wise, you are taking a larger perspective and energetically, you're inviting positivity to co-create with you. On one of the bits of paper that I found laying around the house, um, he talks about, my dad talked about letting the problem die a lonely and forgotten death. Um, And then another, another of the posts that I wrote was, was what that energetic shift actually does to your deliberate creation powers. Um, But since I've listened to this podcast by Brene Brown, um, and Sean Jenright, I have been contemplating things from a different angle, almost like using the problem as a springboard into the possibility. And honestly, I think this is taking it to the next level. So let's get to that next level. Now I'd like to share with you the four steps that I came up with to using problems to launch into possibilities. Number one is to look. All right, yeah, you're already looking at the problem or there wouldn't be a problem on your radar screen. But what I what I mean by this is I want you to look closely and realize that you're looking at the problem and then see the problem for what it is. It's an opportunity. The second step is to define it. Let's put a few words to this problem. So To give you more of an example, I'm going to use the example of my house. I see disorganization and disarray as a problem. As I've taught, as I've told you before, cleanliness is not my forte. So disorganization and disarray are pretty much constant in my house. So I'm going to use those words, disorganization and disarray. Number three, I want you to feel. We're going to add a feeling to this. And this harkens back to another of Brene Brown's podcasts about her new book, Atlas of the Heart. In in this book, she expands our vocabulary of emotions. So in this step, I invite you to get creative with your feelings. So for example, with my house, disorganization makes me feel frustrated and the disarray makes me feel scattered. The whole situation makes me feel ashamed. So those are my three 
feeling words, frustrated, scattered, and ashamed. And then we move on. Once we have those words, we move on to step four. And step four is why. Here's where we get to put a bit of action behind our words. And just for example, I'll use mine. I feel frustrated because I'm not making a dent in the mess. I also feel scattered because I don't even know where to start. Plus, I waste time for looking for looking for things that get lost in the mess, like my phone. I don't know how many times a day I lose my phone. And lastly, I feel ashamed because I'm perfectly capable of making things clean. Yet my house eludes me. There are many different layers to the feelings. Some more surface and some are pretty deep. Chances are you'll have both. And the last step is, oh, that's five steps, not four. Sorry about that. I snuck another one in there on you. The last step is shift your focus. And this is the most important one. This is key to everything. Let's get high and go wide. Get out of the micro problem and into the broader perspective. So we said in number one, the problem is an opportunity for change, right? Here's where we first catch a glimpse of what's what's possible. See if you can envision this situation at its best. And I'll return back to my house. I... When I when I pan out, I can picture myself opening my front door, knowing what will greet me, supports me on every level, and with with every sense, not just clean, but crafted specifically for my biology. And those are the steps. I'm going to briefly recap. Number one is look. Really look at the problem and see it as an opportunity. Number two is to define. You're going to put a few words to this problem. Number three, you're going to add feelings to those words. And number four, you're going to get active and and really get into the why of why you feel those things. And number five, then you're going to shift your focus to the broader perspective and see what is possible. And that's it. Those are the five steps. I'm going to be bold here and say that you don't even have to take action on any of it. In fact, I believe that action at this phase would be detrimental. It's almost like taking it a step too far because we're not ready. What we've done is shift the mindset and the energy to a magnitude that possibly the body can't follow just yet. So at least for me, um, this is how it seems to be. So you you leave it at that and you let it just kind of percolate. And if you need to, you return back to these steps as, as often as you feel like you do, as often as you feel like you need it. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm saying to go back to the problem and experience it as fully as you feel comfortable experiencing it. And each time you can dig a bit deeper into the exact phrases that make that problem real for you. So the words and the feelings, they might get more expansive and, and, and deeper. Um, and you expand your vocabulary and then you attach it to an even better articulation of a feeling. And then you can let your imagination soar more vividly than ever before. Possibilities truly are 
endless. And unfortunately, problems are too. But like possibilities, the world is yours. The world opens up when you take this perspective. And once you experience that exuberance of your possibility, then your energetic field will inspire that action. So like you don't need to to do this process and then immediately act on it. You will be inspired to take action. So there's no need to take action before that tipping point. Things will align and action will naturally unfold. I have one last note for you on this process. I think that often we're afraid to fully experience a negative emotion or situation. I know when I'm feeling vulnerable, the last thing I want to do is to look at something that might tip me over the edge into that seemingly black hole of negativity. And I've been there, believe me, and it's a scary place. But as we tiptoe into that realm, that realm, that dark realm that balances out the light, we recognize our power to roam into both. In fact, the deeper we go into that negative, the deeper we can go into the positive. They're not just opposites, but necessary forces of equilibrium. So we have to get to a certain point of personal power to be able to dance in the darkness. But once we do, we can play in the light a lot more joyfully. And, and I started this podcast with a story of where I am at the time of recording this. And I want to end with a bit of a story that I tacked on to the end of my blog about where I was when I wrote the blog in the first place. So I'm going to share that with you now. When I sit down to write, it's with a few notes and a couple of ideas that have been kicking around in my, in my very wide open mind. I don't have a flow or a process fully fleshed out. So I had been toying with bigger problems during the week that I wrote this and seeing how easily they transitioned to possibilities, how easily I could work this process in my mind. But when I sat down to put my fingers on the keyboard, the example of my house came to mind. So I got back up seeking inspiration. How did I share what was the big, the big problems I was working with? How did I share those with you in, in a very clear way? I wasn't going to use my house as an example because I use it all the time. And it felt small and safe in comparison to attacking a worldly problem like oppression or broken systems. So after cleaning the kitchen and picking up around the house and still lacking a suitable example, I returned to my computer and began to write. And I just used my house. But when I carried it through, I was surprised by the result. Suddenly, I had this vision of my house that was previously inaccessible to me. I saw in my possibilities how I could completely personalize the living spaces of this house using the personalization platform that I use, PH360. This pathway became less about just mopping up the problem of disarray 
And it worked into crafting an environment that cradled my family in comfort and promoted individualized health. For example, the biggest thing that my body needs is exercise. So setting myself up to win looks like having dedicated spaces for all the kinds of movements I can imagine. My youngest son, he needs sensory deprivation to recharge because his mind works so overtime all the time. He needs an area where he can control the light, sound, smell, and feel. My older son and his wife need security from the standpoint of property protection and resources. And all of that is possible in the space that we're living now. So really, the moral of this story is that no problem is too small or too big to benefit from this process. All of those big worldly problems that I really wanted to share, they were big, they were worldly. And yes, they would have made great examples. But sometimes the first example is the most pertinent in that moment. So go with it. Above all, the thing that I'm working on really, really hard right now and probably will be for the entirety of my life is to trust myself. So trust yourself. This whole exercise rests on your ability to know that you alone have the best answers for you. As always, if you have made it all the way to the end, I am very appreciative. And if you're looking to dive deeper into your own longevity lifestyle, here are a couple of completely free ways to meet up with me. Number one, if you enjoy videos or PDFs that you can use to do deeper work in the privacy of your home, you can check out my free resources available on my webpage at www.personalequivalentcoaching.com. That's my business name. And number two, if you like tidbits of information on how you can begin to personalize your life, simply follow me on Instagram at personal underscore equivalent underscore coaching, or to find out more about what's going on in my world, visit my personal account at Melinda Perkins 505. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.